It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Living Relationship God's Way. Our topic on our talk show tonight is about a heart that seeks him. But first, I'd like to share just a few um, other announcements and where to find us online and how to get in touch with me. First of all, you can always get in touch with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. That's my priority email address for uh, anything that I do online or um, how to get in contact with me for any questions of anything that you see maybe on a blog or maybe something you don't see and you'd like to see, you can get in touch with me at this email address. So I'd like to welcome you tonight. This is a place where we discuss topics on relationships of the heart, those relationships that are close to us as Christians. You know, we talk about topics in our daily life, and we learn from God's Word how we are to live in relationship with one another God's way. That's not an easy thing to do, is it? You know, there are times, I call it, we get a little sideways with one another. Um, Maybe one person's tired and the other one's uh, excited. That could be in friendships. That could be uh, where we work. That can be in areas where we are Uh, maybe it's a a spouse, a husband or a wife, one or the other, maybe it's a dating situation, whatever that may be, Uh, we may get a little sideways with each other. But, you know, with a little determination and if we make a decision, we can learn to be in relationship with one another, whatever that relationship is, in a way that is God-honoring. So once again tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. I'll be looking at the book, A Heart That Seeks Him, and this was my first book that is published and released in March of this year, 2015. Uh, If you'd like to take a look at it, it's background, and I've got a short little bio up. Uh, You can go to Amazon and just place A Heart That Seeks Him in the search bar or place my name, Nancy Wada, and you'll be able to find it. It's available in paperback, uh, also in Kindle. And then I see that Amazon also has a little deal out there. If you purchase the paperback and the Kindle, you can purchase the Kindle for $2.99. So yeah, that sounds like an advertisement, doesn't it? But there's really no other way to share that with you, and that's where I'll be headed tonight. One more thing before we head in that direction on our topic for tonight. Just a little instruction. If this is your first time on a show like this, if you're listening by phone, uh, don't feel bad. If something happens that you drop a call, hey, just dial right back in, just like if you were talking to one of your friends in a phone call. Uh, It won't disrupt us anywhere on this end. Just call back in again using the numbers that you were given, and it'll just you'll pick up right where we're at. Um, Also, if for some reason you are unable to stay on the line the entire time with us, this will be listed in our past episodes online. So if you're listening to this, maybe you clicked into YouTube and we happen to have this up for you to listen to there, you can always go back to TalkShoe.com and in the search bar, place Living Relationships God's Way, and that will pull up our total page there, and you'll have the opportunity to download any episodes or re-listen, or there's also all kinds of share buttons on that page. So just camp out at the page and see if there's anything that catches your eye. So now back to our topic for tonight, and it's called A Heart That Seeks him. 
Now, first of all, I'll share just a little bit off the back of the book. Uh, this book's no different than any other. We always have a little bio about the author that's there. And so since I'm talking about my own book, this happens to be me. Uh, I grew up in a home of five children, and I was the firstborn oldest child. And then let's just take a really big jump here. Uh, as a single mother... I received Jesus Christ at the age of 32. And so I had went through a divorce, and after my divorce, someone had invited me to church. And, uh, you know, I just went because I wanted them to just leave me alone. They were always very polite. It was someone that was a customer of mine in a business setting. But they were just always polite. They were always interested in me. I was going through a rough time, and they knew that. And they were just interested that I was okay. So they weren't pushy, but now and then they'd just say, you know, I, I really believe this is a place that would help you. You know, just check us out. Come on, come on over and, and check us out. And so finally one Sunday I went. Um, and to be honest with you, the only reason I went because I wanted to be left alone. I really wasn't interested in going to any church. I wasn't seeking out God. I was not looking at becoming a Christ follower, a Christian. That was not anything that was on my mind or we could say uh, in my heart at that time. There, there just no desire whatsoever. But I went. And when I showed up, I remember this was just a small church. It was a new church that had started, and there wasn't very many people that were attending, but they had built their first building. Um, but when I went in, I noticed something different. I guess I had built up something in my head, not that I had been to a lot of churches, but I had built up something in my head and in my mind that uh, people who are Christians are weird. And I just didn't want anything to do with them. I, I'm sorry if I offend anyone who is a Christ follower um, and received Christ, but I'm just telling you my story. That is exactly how I felt at that time. Do I feel that way today? No, but I did at that time. And as I went to this church, and as I said, I noticed something different. And I couldn't put my finger on it. So finally, the next Sunday I went back and I took my two children with me because the first week I didn't take them with me because, remember, I'm just going there to get them to just leave me alone. Okay? I'm just going to do my duty and, and then I'm going on with my life. It wasn't even anything I contemplated. It was hard for me to walk in, but I did. But then when I went back the second week, I took my, my children with me and the next week, and the next week, and I don't even remember the exact date. I know some people do remember that exact date that they received Christ. All I know is I was 32 years old, and I remember one Sunday just standing there, and we were singing, and I was in a church that sometimes when we would sing, people would go up front, which we considered that our altar, and people would go up front and, and they would sing. Now, that was something that was new to me, um, but I found myself one Sunday standing there amidst a small group of people and then walking up front. And as I'm walking up front, I remember just standing there and singing because I can see the words are up on the wall. And, and as I'm singing, I prayed the prayer to receive Christ. I'd already heard how to do it. Um, I had heard it from someone else even before I walked into the church. And I may hear it on TV or Billy Graham or wherever. And my grandparents were Christians, and I'd hear them talk about it. Um, but that Sunday, I just calmly walked up front prayed the prayer, didn't ask anyone to pray with me, went back to my seat. I don't remember if I told anyone that Sunday um, that I received Christ, took my kids, walked out the door, and just kept going. And that is how I received Christ. It wasn't no miraculous, big, noisy fanfare. I know those are great. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because I've been in those venues and in those settings. But for me, that's my story. My story, it was just this, this walk up front, say the prayer, receive Christ. And then I kept coming back and I began to grow in Christ. Uh, we hear the word disciple a lot. Um, and, and that's what a disciple is. These people, very simply, there wasn't a program anywhere. They just got to know me. They welcomed me in. I don't remember ever 
feeling uncomfortable before I received Christ in this place. I just remember feeling this warm welcome. Now, because I have the words to use and I've studied my Bible and I've listened to a lot of messages and read a lot of books, now I know is what was going on inside of me was the Holy Spirit was working inside of me and was drawing me to God, was drawing me to receive Jesus Christ. And that's what happened that day. Now, let's put this on the flip side. That was my that's my story. But then let's look of our or look at ourselves when we become a believer in Jesus Christ. Say where I'm at now after I received Christ. We don't have to wait until we're a Christian for two, three, four, five, six years to invite people to our church. We don't have to wait until we're a Christian and we have everything all together and we've grown to this certain point on a scale before we get to know someone and we begin to share Christ with them. That may look different for all of us. It may be you're sitting in your office next to someone and that's where you get to know them. It may be someone that you're helping with some event out there that it's not a Christian event. It's just an event that you love to be at and maybe you volunteer and you get to know people around you and they start asking you questions. That's the awesome part about a relationship with Jesus Christ is each one of us can share Christ with other people, but it can happen in relationship as we go about our every day. Yes, there are times that we set aside a time that this is designated because sometimes we get so busy and we don't pay any attention, but this week is designated. I'm going to keep my eyes open, but I, I don't ever remember having a week that I did that. All I ask is, Lord, when I used to be on the road as a sales rep, all I ask is, Lord, please help me to be alert to those people around me. Uh, before I move into this book, I'd like to share one story here. Um, this didn't happen too long ago. Uh, there's a place that I like to go for lunch. Mainly, I go there for lunch because uh, friends will invite me, and then we let people know we're there, and if anyone else wants to come, that's fine. Sometimes there's two of us. Sometimes there's five. Sometimes we run out of room. It, it's just uh, it's not a every Sunday thing. It just happens occasionally. But there was one time that I was in there, and we have the same little waitress a lot of times. And so I've gotten to know her name, and we just chat. And her, her name reminded me of some TV show from long ago. Her name was just very, and I'm not going to share her name here, but her, her name was just very, um, I just found it very interesting, and it was a very beautiful name to me. And so I had my phone sitting there, and when she would come over there, um, I asked her, how, how do you spell your name? And so every time she'd come back, we were talking about her name, and she was just a very polite waitress, and I think she's like 19 years old. Um, pretty soon I was joking. I said, do you mind if I Google your name? And she said, no, go ahead. So I Googled her name, and I put in movie star, and, and sure enough, there was some star from long ago, and so she was all excited. Now, that sounds like a, a really trivial conversation doesn't it? I didn't try to have it. I didn't say, I'm going to have this conversation with this young woman, and by the time we walk out of here, we're going to lead her to Christ. No, nope, that wasn't what was going on. Uh, and as what happened as I was going out the door, she had some time in between, and her and I started talking. And I can't remember what she asked me, but I shared something that I do and something about my travels, because she was a little curious. And then she began to tell me very quietly, so no one else could hear, a little bit about her story, and I'm not going to share the whole thing here, it wasn't very long, but just that at one time she went to a church, and from what she shared, that she had received Christ. Now remember, she's only 19, but she said, then some things happened, and I saw some things, and I didn't like what I, I heard, and like I said, I'm not going to go into details. She said, so I made that decision on a certain day, I'm not going back there, and I don't want this God. This, this God, I, I don't want him. And she looked at me and said, I became an agnostic. She said, I know there's a God out there somewhere. And so we talked a little bit more, and then she had to go back to work because it was a, it was a busy, busy Sunday for her. And I walked out the door, and the person that was with me, I had no idea that they were listening and why they stepped back, but they let me know that, you know, as why I was just standing over there waiting for you, I kind of heard what you were doing. So it's, what is awesome about that is 
I had already built a relationship with her, and that relationship was her bringing us our food. And and during times that it was slow, that we could just chat a little bit. So will there be another step with that? Sure, I already have some ideas. And it's not because I'm pushy, but it's because she is open to hearing. She knows what I was talking about. So now as I move into the book, A Heart That Seeks Him, this book is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And very simply is what I did. I went through all of my online areas and some of my files, and I pulled and printed everything that deals with our relationship with Christ. Now, this book, I think it has like four, 42, listed as 42 days. Yes, 42 days. And within those days, I took one of my pages, and typed it all up and put it in there and added some questions for you if you're reading it. And there's a page for you can write notes if you liked um, using the paperback copy. Some people just love marking books up. I am one of those people. Um, even my own right here, I'm always looking for things in here to use little quotes in something. But the importance of this is if I was going, as I was going through my own stories and my own writing, I looked at that and thought, wow, especially the ones from long ago when I received Christ, of how God, how the Holy Spirit grows us, how he works in our hearts and in our minds and he stretches us and things that we used to do, all of a sudden we don't have any desire to do those things. So tonight is what I did. I just pulled three areas out of the pages, and I took, for instance, day seven, and I'd like to chat just a little bit with you about this tonight. Um, By the way, if uh, you are online with us, if you decide to come in on the chat, I I don't see anyone on the chat right now, but that's by going to TalkShoe.com. If you're listening on the phone and go to Living Relationships God's Way, all you have to do is place that in the search bar and follow the prompts, how it tells you to get in. I think there's a big purple button there. All you have to do is press that. It'll tell you what to do. And you can make your comments on the chat. You can ask me questions there. Or at the end, if anyone has any questions, uh, feel free to pop on is what I will do. If you're on the phone, I'll be able to see you um, on the computer. Can't see who you are, but I will be see that be able to see that there's someone there and allow you to ask questions if you desire. But back to day seven. It's what I pulled out of the book, A Heart That Seeks, is day seven. And the title of day seven is A Saturated World. Um, I'm not going to read the page to you. I'm just going to give you kind of a summary and maybe add a little bit to this. You know, we live in a world that is so so busy. I'll use mine as an example. Today, uh, once when I finally started working, um, I had my phone sitting by me. I have a PC. I have a tablet. I have a laptop setting off to the side knowing I need to turn that baby on soon because I need to uh, let it update in some areas and make sure it's having no problems. But I'm surrounded by technology. I also have, I listen to a lot of music, so I have two speakers setting here, and I have a webcam setting up on my PC that I can move around. But, you know, in the saturated world is what happened to me today. I was having trouble with my phone. And it took me probably, it was at least three hours to get it straightened around and doing some troubleshooting. And finally, with the company I work with, um, I looked down and it had this new app that was sitting there. And all I did was send a message to them on their helpline and put all my information in there. I didn't even get an email back. And I looked down and it was working. So we live in such a saturated world as I was thinking, you know, tonight if I have a problem with this, I can't even get on and do my show but I can do something that's pre-recorded, but it won't be live. And so as I was working through that, though also I was getting just a little frustrated because I have a to-do list next to me and I'm kind of lost in the technology because I've got messages coming over on this side and I've got messages coming over from here and I turn my phone on and it starts working and what I find out is since Friday, um, incoming calls, 
uh, weren't able to come in. So when it was finally working, my phone started filling up and messages started coming in. And as what I finally did was say, you know, God, I, I'm just going to go through these messages and find the important ones and take care of those. You know, I always, this is what I put up at the, the top of my my replying to things in a saturated world and anything that's online, whether it's social network, email, wherever we may be hanging out online or on our phones, is the first people I answer, believe it or not, is not a ministry area. It's my family and it's my close friends. Those are the emails that I reply to first. Those are the ones that are important to me. Now, I'm not sitting in the office or out and about like I used to be as a sales rep, so I can control that a little bit more. But that's where I go first. And and there's a reason why. Because our world is so saturated and we're so overloaded with information. Even if you're not a person that uses all of those things that I'm talking about tonight, we are so overloaded that sometimes things get out of balance. Maybe we're paying more attention over here and somehow our friends drop through the cracks and then we want to go do something and we wonder where they went. You know, and so, and day seven, a saturated world, is where I end up with this, is as suggesting to take a day away, take a time away, whatever works for you. Um, you know, I've heard it said someone if they have children and they're connected, especially teenagers, and they're they're connected by their their mobile phones, that they can't really do that. They can't shut that off for a day because that's in today's world. That's how the excuse me how their children communicate with them. Okay, but so whatever works for you, maybe it's just a small small space in your time that you shut it off. Just how we say, you know, as you set set time aside and set up your devotional time or to read your Bible or pray, uh, you know, shut down those devices as you do it. You know, I, for me, is what I have had to do is, um, and I'm able to do that uh, right now because there's no emergencies going on anywhere that I know of in my family and close friends, but I will shut off my phone and I shut off my computer and if someone's listened to me before they hear me talk about it, I pull my chair up over to the window and I pull out my Bible and I pull out my journal. Now that sounds a little bit old-fashioned, doesn't it? Uh, but to some that may be. But there's a reason I do that because it removes all distractions. So that way I am able to have that quiet time with the Lord and step away from that saturated websites, emails, especially for me. I'm not the only one out there. For someone, we call it wired. We seem to be wired 24-7. You know, I, uh, two times that I went on trips, uh, one I will call it, I was half wired, but there was another one the entire time I was there, I think it was like two and a half weeks, I I did not have a cell phone. The people around me did, but I didn't have email contact, nothing. Now, did I have something if I needed to make an emergency call? I was able to do that because I had people with me, but I did not carry anything wired with me. Now, there are those who I thought when I came back and told that story, they thought I was absolutely crazy being in another uh city and in another country without a phone. But you know what? This is what I, I didn't say this to them, but I'll say this to you if you're listening now or in the past episodes. God was with us prior to all of this online saturated world. He was with me when I didn't have all of this with me on that day. So for your world, it may look different than my world. So it's what the great thing to do is, according to what I wrote here on day seven, a saturated world, is look at your schedule and decide what works for you. I want to give you an example of a question. Uh, I call them life, life questions to ponder. When was the last time that you turned off the computer turned off the cell phone, and spent a day away from the world of constant communication. Now, when I ask you that question, I'm not saying a day 
away from all people. You may be with a friend. It may be with your spouse. But a day away from the constant communication of what I was just talking about here, all this media, all this consumption. And then this question. Is this important for Christians to do in today's world? Or does the world tell us we are never to take time away? I should go back and say this again. Or does the word tell us we are never to take a time away? And then I end with a couple scriptures here. I'm just going to read one because I have two other points that I'd like to go through. Psalm 62, 1 through 2. Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. Truly he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. So that's just an example of day seven. And so the next one I'd like to share with you tonight is day eight. And day eight is just a little bit different. You know, we seem to be very good at, myself included in certain seasons, uh, sharing the sad stuff, sharing the grief, sharing those things where we've just had a really bad day. But what about this one? I titled this for day eight, The Decision of joy. Are you willing to make a decision to look at the things in your life that bring you joy? And that takes, I believe in today's world, because of what's going on in our world, there is no place excuse me, there is no place, almost no place, not that I know of, that we can go in this world or country that there isn't something going on that is a tragedy. And especially because we live in this saturated world of communication, like I mentioned uh, on day seven, that we're constantly hearing what is going on. And a lot of times the news is saturated. It weighs heavily into the sad and grief and struggle side. Not that we don't need to know those things or hear about those things that are going on because as Christians we can also use the news to pray for those situations. But what about also if we found some time to look at joy? You know, this isn't written in, in day eight, but I recall when I was in the Ukraine, that was a, a long time ago, and it was my first trip and my first time on an airplane, and it was really a big, huge faith jump for me. And it's what I always say, the younger you are, it seems like the easier it is. But I was in my, my 30s, and I recall being in the second city, and when we were in the second city where we were traveling, we were unable to carry out our plans in the way that they were set up so it's what our leaders of the group did. They got permission for us to set it up in a different way. And it's what that did. Uh, we were able to just stand around. I was with a group of, of public school teachers. And so we were able to stand around with our group that we were introduced to. And it's what we did. We just stand around in the, stood around in this lobby and, and talked to one another. But I remember there was this jolly, I call her jolly little woman. Now, if you just heard my voice or hearing my voice and you haven't met me, I am only five foot tall. And so picture, if you can picture this, this little Ukrainian woman, she's maybe a little taller than me and she's got on a big fuzzy hat because there's no heat in this, this building and it's in November. And so we're all bundled up and there's a group of teachers around me and she's got on this fuzzy little hat and she's got on this big winter coat. And, and these women, they are around me and they are just laughing. I'm cold. Okay? And, and they are just laughing. And so my translator is telling me what they're saying. And I've always remembered this. 
this little woman that I just described pulls out of the inside of her coat. She must have had a pocket in there. And she pulls out this tiny little thermos. And it doesn't have a lid on it, but she has um, plastic wrap on the top of it. And she has a rubber band. And she takes that off the top just as if we are sitting at the fanciest little table. And she sets that down on the side and she digs in her other pocket and she's got two pretty little cups in her pocket. And so it, it's it's tea. I guess it's tea instead of coffee. And she pours it into the one cup and pours it into the other and she hands me a cup. And then they just start laughing. So it's what I learned from that was, you know what, they would have had to have made a decision to be joyful because I won't go through that whole story now, what was going on during that time in that city and, and around us other than to just say it was cold and we were talking in, in a building and it was made out of marble, so picture cold marble, it holds the heat inside and we're just sitting there. We're standing there and we're laughing and they're telling me stories about their life. And that I learned, that taught me a lot. I learned a lot about the decision of joy. That's a, it's a decision. Now, there are other pages in a heart that seeks that I talk about going through grief. And I won't go through that right now, but going through some really deep, deep water. And I wasn't laughing. And I'm sure if I would have been in that group at that time, maybe I would have laughed a little bit. But I, I, when I was really in that deep valley, I wasn't laughing. But I just want to remind us tonight from day eight, it's a decision. We can make a decision to choose joy. Point two, I'll end with this scripture from a decision of joy. Isaiah 30, 20 through 21 in the New International Version. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Now, I didn't say anything about joy right there, did I? I didn't read anything about joy. But you know, there are times in my life and maybe yours too that the Holy Spirit has whispered into your heart. It's time to laugh. It's time to acknowledge and pay attention to the joy in your life. It's time to see that there's beauty in this life. It's time to live your life and to live it to the fullest. I know that's a choice that I have made. I've went through a lot of, I will call it stuff. If you happen to read A Heart That Seeks, there's a lot of that stuff in this book. Um, I've been through some really deep, deep valleys. I have stories on online in different areas. Um, but somehow, from receiving Jesus Christ, I was able to, even in those valleys, find days in the middle that I can't explain it fully but that there was joy. And I recall the day coming out of some really deep water and being somewhere and hearing myself laugh and hearing myself laugh loud and someone turned around and looked at me and I really didn't care because I heard myself laughing. I wasn't standing in an inappropriate place. I was just in a crowd and, and I was visiting a church, but someone said something and I started laughing and I was laughing hard. And to me, that was a victory because it meant I was coming out the other side. So never, I'm going to add this, this isn't on my um, day eight that I read to you, and talked about tonight, but never feel guilty for laughing. If you've lost a, a loved one or someone is going through some really tough stuff, sure, sometimes it's really not appropriate in the middle of someone's grief to stand there and laugh um, because we need to be sensitive in those areas and, and empathize with them and have compassion. But if you are somewhere else and you're not with them and something is going on and you begin to laugh, don't feel guilty. I can't count how many people that I have talked to when they come to me and they say, but I feel so guilty because I'm laughing. But God has given us 
all of those emotions. And finally, I chose day 12. And we're going to take a quick turn in another direction here. Day 12, the title is Forgive Quickly and Love Deeply. And I wrote a little bit about life and death. Um, and, And this was written in my journal and I think it was also on a one of the pages that I use online. It might be with liveasif.org. If you go to Google and place liveasif.org and then place my name, Nancy Wada, W-A-T-T-A, with that, um, it should bring up some of my articles. And is what that will do. Just click on any one that you find, and it will take you to the page, and then you'll see my archives. You can even get in touch with me through that page. Um, you can print pages. There's just just read through what it says there. Um, I think this one may have been from that page and also from my journal. Uh, but I talk about I made a decision because there was so much ongoing loss in my life, and but also in the middle of that, it seems that's when we're surrounded by people that have really not nice things to say. And so there were some really cruel words that were spoken to me at the same time as um, in one year I lost my brother-in-law. Um, he just went to work one day and uh, he had an aneurysm and he was gone. And also within that same year, near the end of the year, my six-year-old nephew died and he had had an ongoing illness. Um, but it's what I decided. I mean, that was really hard to walk through. But how I learned to forgive quickly is just a little bit different than saying in my head, I'm going to forgive. Okay, I'm going to forgive someone who talked to me nasty. I learned to forgive quickly when God gave me a different perspective. For instance, the year that this happened and other things were going on, life happens, you know. We say that saying all the time, yep. Life happens. But as I look back now, there was a phone call that came and someone decided to tell me some things that it it, it was just pretty awful. And it was about a a ministry situation and uh, it was someone that I, I thought thought was close to me and found out they hated me, but I won't go into that whole story. But when that, that call came, I was, I was upset, very, very upset. But I don't remember how long it was after I hung up, my phone rang again, and it was the message that my nephew had died. Instantly, instantly, because I was angry, which leads to, if we don't take care of that, leads to unforgiveness, which leads to anger, which leads to bitterness, and it's one big, big cycle. But instantly is what it did. It changed my thoughts, and it changed my thoughts to this point, saying this. What that person said to me, I'm going to say what that person did because they did some ministry damage to me by their words. That no longer was important. That no longer, I didn't even have, my anger was gone instantly because now is what I was ready to do is call the company that I work for, tell them what's going on. I won't be in for work, into work for a few days and head to another state to see my family. So instantly that happened. Now we may say, okay, but what after you, after you, walk through a funeral and you're back to everyday life and in your mind all of this surfaces, well, yeah, for me it did. But I believe that is, that is where 
the Holy Spirit does a work in our life. That's the only way I can explain it. I did not do anything. I did not say, Lord, take this away from me. I am so angry. I I need to forgive. It's just from the perspective at that time of what was important, my family. It was important to be with them. It was important to make the phone calls that I needed versus the man for whatever reason he was saying what he was saying, and I never did find out the why, but I instantly forgave. And that's where this title comes from. This isn't that whole story isn't in this page, but forgive quickly because when I was able to forgive quickly, I was able to continue on and love deeply. But also as I have grown in that area, there are only so many hours in a day. And when God brings, I always have people around me But there are those that will spend time with us, and they have no desire to grow in Christ. It's all surface. But then there's someone over here that we meet, and they they long to have you spend time and because they have with them because they have some things in their life that they desire to change, and they want someone to walk alongside of them in that area. That's what discipleship is. But if we don't forgive quickly, we cannot love deeply. We cannot be bitter and love deeply. Those are two sides of the coin. You know, and and as this story unfolded in my life and in my heart, I remember being in a discussion with someone more in depth than what I'm sharing here about this. And they thought I needed to work through it further. This wasn't a, a leader. It was just in a conversation, nothing official. And I said, no, because I am doing okay. They were concerned that I was harboring bitterness and and some other issues. There was absolutely none. The Holy Spirit had came in and taken it away. And that's why I was able to continue on. Does it mean that that didn't hurt when this person spoke to me? But also, as life goes on, for all of us, we are going to lose people that we love and we can make a choice because sometimes we can lose someone that we love and we become bitter. I've seen this also. We become bitter. We become angry because we're mad at God and when we're mad at God, guess what? We take it out on people and that's why in this book I call it A Heart That Seeks Him and there is a a little sub-headline, a sentence up at the top that says, in the secret place we become desperate for the presence of the Holy Spirit. And somehow, that's what happened to me. That's where forgive quickly and love deeply happens. And I can tell when my relationship is not close with Jesus Christ, when I have not spent time with him, and some of these stories are, are in this book, when I have not felt time with him or spent that time with him, I began to drift. Not that I do something really awful, but it's what I'll notice. I'll start thinking things of, I don't want to spend time with that person. I don't want to do this. Why did that person say that? What in the world are they thinking? It's kind of like an attitude change. And then when I become quiet, I go, okay, I know myself. What is wrong with me? Why am I asking that way, acting this way? Do I need more sleep? Ah, no, it's not sleep. I've pulled myself away from the vine, which we read about in John 15. Um, On another note, I have a conference that I lead that's part of Living Relationships God's Way, and it's called the Relationship of the Heart Conference. And within that, our first session within that conference really focuses heavily on John 15. And that's what a heart that seeks him is about, that we are to seek him. Even in all these stories that I have in here, and life stories, and some are just my thoughts, I call them my ramblings. But in all of those, even when I have something that's called I hate you in there, in I hate you, as soon as I calmed down and was just sitting there, I began to repent before the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit working in my life, asking him for forgiveness and his peace flooded into me. That's what a heart that seeks him looks like. A heart that seeks him doesn't always look perfect. In fact, a lot of times it's very, very messy. So I'll end with 
this scripture in Ephesians 4, 15 through 16. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. But friends, before we can get to this, we need to have a close relationship with Christ. It is very hard to love another believer in Christ. We'll just talk about the believers right now. It is very hard and difficult to love a believer in Christ the way he calls us to love, the way the Word of God shows us to love if we're not spending time with him. We cannot get to know people if we don't spend time with them. You know, in the last few weeks, um, I have just really been convicted because of what I do. I'm online so much. Um, And even if I connect with a friend, um, it gets to the point that I desire to spend some time with them, some face-to-face time. I don't... being online and in Messenger, whatever you use, and email and, and even Skype is still not the same as when we're present with one another. So as I come to a close tonight, is what I'd like to encourage you to do is examine your life. These three areas that I uh, spoke about from the book, A Heart That Seeks Him, or if you're not interested in purchasing the book, spend some time in prayer. Get out a piece of paper. You're not a journal person, and just grab some old notebook somewhere. Get out your Bible. Sit in a corner. Maybe you're sitting in your car somewhere at lunchtime. Um, find some quiet corner in a park, but a corner off by yourself, and ask the Lord, would you please help me seek you? Show me how to seek you. Send me in the direction to seek you. Now, this seeking him that I'm talking about is not seeking him in community. We'll talk about that at another time about community. Tonight I'm just talking about our single relationship with Jesus Christ. That I relationship. You know how we say there's no I in team? Well, in this, this isn't about team. This is about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this evening, I'll end there. If you have any questions, please be sure to email me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts, any questions, even if you disagree with me, and this is always my little disclaimer, and I have people that know me when they hear this, they they, they laugh at me because I call it the, the parentheses word. But please, if you get in touch with me and you disagree with me, Find a way to disagree with me with respect because guess what? Then we can dialogue back and forth together. It's not a thing about me being better than someone else or someone else out there being better than me. It's about growing in Christ together. And so next week is what we'll be talking about um, in our next episode. We will be talking about growing in Christ together. Now, that's a great big topic, so of course, we won't be covering the whole thing. This is just in general, and what this is for is to launch you, to help you get in the Word of God or in your church. Maybe there's a small group or a Bible study somewhere, whatever that looks looks like, wherever you live. I'm hoping that what I share on here, or rather you read the book, A Heart That Seeks Him, maybe it'll launch you in a deeper study somewhere, because a lot of what I'm about is, yep, I'm about relationships. But the big thing about relationships also is not me just feeding you all the time, but being in those relationships and desiring yourself to grow in Christ. Because, you know, when I became a new believer, as I shared at the beginning of this podcast tonight, as I became a new believer, yes, Jesus cleaned me up right then. He saved me. A lot of things in my life just dropped away. I never had another drink again since I was age 32. I've never had another drink. I'm not bragging about that because there are people out there that struggle with that, and I'm not being arrogant about it. That's just the fact of my life. That's what God did. But 
even though that was gone, I still needed to become responsible for my own growth in Jesus Christ, to read the word, to pray, yes, to be in community, and I'm going to share that next week. But this week it's about building your relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you're listening to me and you're a new believer, maybe you're somewhere and there is not a formal church that you're attending and there's no one to disciple you, there's no one to help you grow, I will give you just three things to do that will help you grow. One, get in your Bible. I hear different things from different pastors. I have shared myself, you know, start with the book of John. I've heard someone else say, start with the book of Mark. Well, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, the first, those are the first books in the New Testament. Go pick one of those books. You decide which one. Start at the front of the book and see where Jesus, look at Jesus. Look at the main character of Jesus, because if you have become a Christian, that means you have received Jesus Christ. And so is what I pray for you right now, if you're listening to this now or later in the past episodes or on YouTube or iTunes or someone shared this with you, I'm praying for you right now that God will give you an understanding beyond your spiritual maturity. The Holy Spirit can do that. You can just receive Christ maybe a week ago, and you can open God's Word. You can open the book of Mark or the book of John, whatever book it is in the Bible, and with, we call that your spiritual eyes, you be, can begin to understand. Because when I received Christ, I had this hunger to understand God's Word. I had this hunger to get into His Word, and so it was during the evening, I would sit there, I would open my Bible, for some reason I started in the Old Testament and then went into the Gospels, but I had, uh, I started with Genesis and I had a notebook next to me and every little, a little bit of section, say one book with one verses one through four, is what I do, I write my thoughts and I write my thoughts and I write some more. And that's how I learned. That's how God's word is alive and active. So maybe that's not something that you feel that that's for you to do, but that is what God called me to do. That's how I learned, not knowing that he was preparing me for years down the road to do what I'm doing today. So thank you for listening to us on Living Relationships God's Way. Please, once again, to get in touch with me, go to relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com, and we'll be back next week, Monday evening, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I hope you'll be able to join us. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.